This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Exactly what does it mean to receive Christ? Some people say, I accepted Christ. What does that mean? What does that mean? Well, after all, John 1.12 is saying that receiving Christ makes a person a child of God. So it's really important to understand crystal clear what it means to receive Christ. What does that mean? How do you know what that means to receive Christ? And here's where the previous verse in front of that verse becomes so important. Because it says in John 1.11, by way of contrast, he came unto his own, and his own received him not. Who is his own? The Jewish people are his own. He came into his own Jewish people, and his own Jewish people received him not. So this means that the Jewish people provide for us a beautiful, wonderful, great illustration of what it means to receive Christ. Because the record says that Jesus Christ came to the Jewish people, and the important part in John 1.11 are these three words, received him not. They did not receive him. So all we've gotta do is just understand from the Jewish people. They can tell us what it means to receive Christ because we just study and understand what the Jewish people did, because nothing has changed, what the Jewish people do today to not receive Christ, then we flip it to the opposite and we understand what it means to receive Christ. That's all we gotta do. All we gotta do to understand how to receive Christ is to understand how the Jewish people do not receive Christ, and then the opposite of that tells us how to receive Christ. Okay, first meaning of what it means to receive Christ for Israeli citizenship as a Jew under the right of return. I was asked by the Jewish agency in Jerusalem, for the Jewish agency in Jerusalem, I was asked by the Jewish agency if I, as a Jew, 
believed that Jesus Christ was God or the Son of God, as they put it. And because they understood that I did, I was denied Israeli citizenship and told it's not for you. That means that the Jewish people receive Christ not, that they don't receive Christ by denying that Jesus Christ is God. This is a fundamental point. This was the only question that I was asked about Jesus Christ. It is the key fundamental point. It is the point by which they took up stones when he said, I and my father are one, and they took up stones to kill him, and he asked them the question, for which good work do you stone me? And they answered, for a good work we stone thee not, because that thou, being a man, make yourself God. It was over this issue of the deity of Christ. So, if not receiving Jesus Christ means to deny that Jesus Christ is God, then to receive Christ means to believe and confess that Jesus Christ is God. Fundamental point. Second, when I was asked if I believed that Jesus Christ was God and then excluded from the group, from the Israelis as a group, from being a Jewish citizen, to being a citizen as a Jew of Israel, that meant that to believe Jesus Christ was God was a basis for exclusion. And that's part of John 1.11, they received him not. In other words, to be included within the group of Jewish people in Israel, Israeli citizenship, you have to believe that Jesus Christ is not God. That's a criteria for being a part of the group who do not receive Jesus Christ. That means that to become a part of a group of those who received Christ means to join with the group of others who also believe that Jesus Christ is God. That's a basis for inclusion into a group who have received Christ. You wanna know who has received Christ? That group believes that Jesus Christ is God. That means that to become a part of a group of others who have received Christ as a person, they have to know that everyone within that group also believed that Jesus Christ was God. That means that Jehovah Witnesses have not received Christ because they do not believe that Jesus Christ is God and they believe that Jesus Christ was only a man. That means that Mormons, Mormons have not received Christ because they do not believe that Jesus Christ is God because they believe that they also will become God along with Jesus Christ. That means that to receive Jesus Christ means to not join with Jehovah Witnesses, to not join with Mormons or any other group that doesn't believe that Jesus Christ is God. Now, it was very interesting when you look at one of the reports of the Summer Blitzes this year, last week, I believe. They told about a Jewish man who was living with this David who came to Christ, and this other Jewish man is Eric. And when he was, uh, the report went on and said that, that this man, Eric, asked how come he never heard anything about Jesus Christ in the synagogue? You remember that? That's very important. It reminds me of when I was, 1970, when I was trying to figure out who Jesus Christ was or is back in September of 1970. You know, that's 52 years ago. That was a long time ago, by the way. <laughs> and at that time, I thought, well, I'm gonna go to the people who should really know, you know, the, the studiers, the, which was the Orthodox. There was only one Orthodox synagogue and synagogue at that time. It was called Temple Teferit, and they, they didn't have a building, but they were meeting in someone's home in uh, La Jolla, and they advertised the paper, so I went there. 
and I sat right in the front row. I was right there. I was all ears. I was listening. I think I was the only one listening, but the message. But anyways, I listened to the rabbi's message. And afterward, I went up to the rabbi, and I asked him if I could ask him a question privately, because I knew it was going to be a bombshell question. And so he and he said, okay, come off over here, you know, into a corner. And um, I said to him, I said, Rabbi, I said, I don't really know, but I think that Jesus might have been the Messiah. That's what I said. And the rabbi looked squarely at me and he said to me, that is the first time and that is the last time you will ever say that name here again. And that was the end of the conversation. In other words, not allowed to say the name Jesus or Jesus Christ in the synagogue. Isn't that strange? Isn't it strange that the most famous Jew in the world, Jesus Christ, is on the lips of billions of Gentiles. The most loved Jewish man in the world is Jesus Christ. More has been written about this Jewish man, Jesus Christ, far more than any other Jewish man who's ever lived. It's true, you will never hear the name Jesus Christ in the synagogues. Isn't that strange? Isn't that strange? That's what this man was saying, Eric. If you go into a Jewish synagogue, you will never hear any of the teachings of Jesus Christ. You will never participate in any discussion about Jesus Christ. So the Jewish people have told us again, in a reverse way, again, the Jewish people have shown us what it means in John 1.12 to receive him, and what it means in John 1.11 to receive him not. They receive him not by never saying the name of Jesus in their place of worship in the synagogues. Never teach about where Jesus Christ came from. Never teach about what Jesus Christ accomplished in his life. Never teach. Never teach where Jesus Christ is today. Never teach what responsibilities a person has toward Jesus Christ. Never sing about Jesus Christ. Never follow, teach about following Jesus Christ as a life example, and certainly never worship Jesus Christ. All these refusals make up what it means when the Jewish people in John 1.11, John 1.11, receive him not. That means that to receive Christ means to do just the opposite. It means to always say the name Jesus Christ. Always talk about Jesus Christ. Teach within the house of worship, within church, where Jesus Christ came from. Teach in the church what Jesus Christ accomplished in his life. Teach within the house of worship where Jesus Christ today. Teach within the church what responsibilities a person has to Jesus Christ. Sing about Jesus Christ, follow him as a life example, worship Jesus Christ. That's what it means to receive Christ because Jewish people have shown us through John 1.11 what it means to not receive Christ. We've learned from them what it means to receive Christ. So when Christ says in verse 15 that the scribes and the Pharisees went all over the world to make one proselyte, He's talking about them making a proselyte to Judaism and what Judaism stands for, and that means to receive him not. Judaism 
really stands for blocking a person from coming to Jesus Christ as to what the Bible, and Jesus Christ is called in the Bible, the new and living way to heaven. The new and living way to heaven. Hebrews 10, 19, Hebrews 10, 19. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he has consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. The new and living way to come to God, Hebrews 10, 20, is boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. That's the important part. By the blood of Jesus. It's the blood of Jesus that gives us this boldness to come to God, and that's a new and living way. It's an absolute new and living way to come into God's presence with the blood of Jesus as the only argument for why a person should come to God, as the hymn put like this way, I need no other argument, I need no other plea. It's enough that Jesus died and that he died for me. Or as another hymn puts it, nothing in my hand I bring, simply to the cross I cling. The new and living way to come to God is only with the blood of Jesus Christ. Like the hymn goes says, my faith has found a resting place, not in device nor creed. I trust the ever living one, his wounds for me shall plead. You know, at the, just coming off the heels of the Del Mar Fair, such a wonderful place. The Bible, not the Del Mar Fair, I'm talking about the Bible castle at the Del Mar Fair. If you think the Del Mar Fair is a wonderful place, you need to get your cholesterol checked. But one of the things that's so great about the Del Mar Fair is to have the little people come in and to talk to them about God. And they're so, so honest, it's amazing. Especially when I ask them, you know, have you ever told a lie? You know, I got all kinds of answers this year. Have you ever told a lie, little girl? I went down all the things, you ever told a lie? <laughs> you ever disobeyed parents? No. <laughs> she was so afraid of getting in trouble. <laughs> One little kid, you know, a little boy, his father sat behind him. I said, have you ever told a lie? He looks back on his <laughs> father. <laughs> he said, thousands of them. <laughs> Another one, he ever told a lie? He looks at me and says, sure, what a dumb question, you know. <laughs> there we go. That, that always led us into the A, B, C. A is to admit that you're a sinner and to explain to the kids. I says, look, you just admitted to me that you told a lie, that you sinned. Now you gotta pray, admit it to God. Admit it to God, he's the important one to admit it to because that shows your need for Christ. A, admit that you're a sinner to God. B, believe that Christ died for that lies, those lies, he died for your sins. And then C, choose to trust Christ as your savior. That's the new and living way to come to God through Jesus Christ means to just come as you are, that's all. No works, just as I am, without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me. That's the new and living way, to come to God, to have everlasting life. The new and living way is that Hebrews 10, 19, Hebrews 10, 19. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter in into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way. That's the only way to heaven, the blood of Jesus Christ, the new and the living way into heaven. 
the blood of Jesus Christ, as opposed to the blood of Jesus Christ as the new and living way, as opposed to the old and dead way, because it doesn't get anywhere, that will not get a person into heaven, which is for a person to rely on his good works to get into heaven. That's the old and dead way of reliance on works, and it won't get a person to heaven. Many people are gonna come to Christ in the old and dead way of relying on their works, and they're gonna find themselves cast into hell. That's the significance of Matthew 7.21, Matthew 7.21, when he said, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? In thy name have cast out devils, in thy name done many wonderful works. Then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. Why were those many people cast into hell when they tried to get into heaven? Because they were coming to Christ by the old and dead way of relying on works. The works of prophesying in Jesus' name. The works of casting out devils in Jesus' name. The works of doing many wonderful works in Jesus' name. All that is the old and dead way of relying on, reliance on works. And those people are cast into hell, and so will all people be cast into hell who try to get into heaven by that old and dead way. Those people said nothing, zero, about coming boldly into heaven with the blood of Jesus. That's the new and living way. Those people said nothing about coming to enter into heaven because Christ died for their sins. That's the new and living way. Those people said nothing about coming to Christ as their savior. That's the new and living way. Those people only talked about their own good works as the reason why they should be led into heaven. That's the old and dead way. And anyone who relies on works, their works to get into heaven is relying on the old and dead way and to get into heaven is dead because it won't get them in. This is what the scribes and the Pharisees were doing to make proselytes. This is what the rabbis are doing today to make proselytes, to get people thinking that they just have to come to God by this way, which is old and dead, of relying on works to get into heaven. This is what's all behind the works of putting on tefillin, saying the Hebrew prayers, and this is just the start of getting into those 613 laws of Judaism, which, by the way, each one of those blossoms out into many, many other applications through a myriad of applications, laws. It's so encompassing that you never arrive in Judaism. You never arrive at keeping all the laws because there's more and more and more presented. And that's what they do. They press the law. I just got a, a text just a couple of days ago from a rabbi friend, rabbi friend of mine. Oh, so much pressure. Just recently, I just got this from my rabbi friend who wrote to me, Tom, T-O-O-O-O-O-M. <laughs> it's supposed to be Tom. It's more, it looks more like Tom. But anyways, Tom, he says, come back before it's too late. See Amos 11, days are coming. There will be a hunger, but not for bread or water. To hear God's words, the Torah, 
one, two, three, four, five, six exclamation points. The hurry, one, two, three, four, five exclamation points. Back to the law, back to the Torah. I'm not telling you something that's theoretical. I'm telling you something that's active. They press the law. They never refer to the Bible. They only refer to the Torah. And as I mentioned, the word Torah means law because for them, the word of God is the law, is the law. You must works, 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 works of the Sabbath, works of not to eat, works of what to wear, works of saying certain prayers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's Satan's strategy, and Jesus called it making a child of hell, making a child of hell. A child of hell relies on good works to get into heaven, and this is what Christ meant in verse 15 when he said, woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, you compass land, sea and land to make one proselyte, and when he is made, you make him twofold more the child of hell than yourselves. Those are biting words, very, very strong biting words to call, to say you make someone a child of hell, you make a person a child of hell. Oh, child of hell is a person relying on his good works. Child of hell is a person who's clinging to the old and dead way of law. And the scribes and Pharisees were loading onto people a work after work after work to make new converts. And by the time they're finished, that person is clinging to the old and dead way and they've made him a child of hell. Twofold more the child of hell. Terrible words. So the scribes and Pharisees push people into the law, the old and dead way of reliance to get into heaven. The devil laughs. The devil thinks this is great. The devil says as he makes more of things. But I don't want you to think that the Jewish scribes and Pharisees are the only ones who press people into the old and dead way of reliance on works. I remember one time when I was in Ethiopia, and I was in the lobby of the Hilton Hotel in Addis Ababa, and there was a Catholic priest there, Catholic, he wasn't Jewish, he was Catholic, the other side of the coin, and he was all dressed up in just very, in his blue robes, and I don't know, a rope around his, boy, was he dressed like the cat's meow, and I looked at him, and I thought to myself, now that's the statement that he's making there where he's saying, I'm not like the common people. Nobody else dressed like this. Oh, no, I'm better. And you all are below me. So I went up to him, tried to speak with him in English. He didn't speak English. To my surprise, he spoke French. And he came from France. So I thought, oh, well, that's nice. I'll get someone to speak French with. So I spoke French with him. And so in French, he told me how, no, no, in French, I told him how I was Jewish and and how I had put my faith in Jesus Christ. I told him all this, and I gave him my testimony a little bit, and he told me, he said to me, I remember he said to me, that's all very good. He said to me, that's all very good, but there's one thing seriously lacking in your life. I said, well, I wasn't aware of that. What is that, you know? He says, the sacraments. You're not keeping the Catholic sacraments. I needed to keep the Catholic sacraments, especially the mass in the Catholic church, and if I didn't do that, I couldn't go to heaven. He said, I thought to myself, boy, this guy reminds me of the guy at the x-ray belt in the LA airport. He's got the sacraments, this one's got the tefillin. So anyway, and again, pressing the you must do, you must do. Pressing the law, that's half of what the, the rabbis and proselytes do to make a person a child of hell. Pushing people into the old and dead way of reliance on works. 
Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. That's P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. That's tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. For more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.